0: Hey again, everybody. It's me, JR Mann. Welcome to another edition of your Life's Work podcast. How you doing? Hope you're well. Hope you're surviving COVID and civil upheaval. How are we doing with all this? Are we, are everybody doing all right, man? I really do. I, uh, the majority of my uh, client time the first couple months of COVID was, hey, how are we dealing with uncertainty? And then as we moved into the George Floyd killing for the last few weeks, we've been really dealing with um, some people. How do do we talk about this? (laughs) Which perplexes me because there's only one damn way to talk about what happened with George Floyd, and that's for it to never happen again. But there's argument. So we won't even go there. Suffice it to say there's a lot of talking need to happen. And, um, now I'm, I'm I'm seeing, uh, hearing from, from, you know, from clients, the more about the do, like finally we're to that point where, you know, in movement, right. In movements, in causes, in great concern, you put you got to eventually put rubber to the road. Like, There's only so many times we can scream into a bullhorn before we just really decide, hey, let's get our shit together and do something here. So now you're seeing the do something. I would encourage the do something for the record to make sure that it is pivoting, circling, gathering up, rounding, encompassing the idea of receiving and giving love. And uh, it props itself in that vein, in that location. We can have 150,000 conversations, good people, but until we start to do and in the doing identify need and the ways of giving and receiving love, we ain't got shit. So um, just a little editor's note before we start the big show about shame. Uh, I'm going to talk about shame today. I've talked about shame before. I had a conversation last week that kind of lack of a better word, triggered me into some of my own shame. And I've typically have been a guy, I'm 53 years old, uh, three kids, uh, married 26 years, um, in recovery for addiction, uh, spiritual director, pastor, guy, um, don't really give a shit about rules necessarily. But But I definitely have had my issues in my hold on ski of shame. Like man, I tell you that i've I've had some good seasons where I've done nothing but take a gun in my own head and flog myself and um really thought badly of me uh because of some of the mistakes I've made or past traumas or some of the dreams that i've let I've let fly over my head fear right, or even some of the fear that i've just allowed as I kill a bug on the thing here um or fear as is some of the fear that I've just allowed to to have its day. So I'm with you because I know you, like me, have had great seasons of that too. Um, Glasses are going on. So I wrote something in January uh, about shame. And then with last week's conversation that kind of triggered me into it, I was like, man, I'm going to flush that back out and talk about this on a on a podcast because I've got three ways. And again, I'm sorry that I'm doing that because I'm that guy. Like you've heard me. If you, if you listen to the show, I'm always like, Oh, three ways of doing this. And it's all bullshit, man. At the end of the day, my three ways that I'm about to dispense to you are not definitives. They're not, it's not groundbreaking shit. It's not, I shouldn't, you know, nobody's calling me about a book to be read or, or written over my three ways. My three ways of helping you become more conscious of and and aware of your shame are based on my experience as a 53-year-old human being, a relationship with the divine, and paying attention to my relationships here on earth and and working 10 years with the spiritual director. (laughs) You, too, can have all that, too. So, you know, again, I only say... I've got three ways because when I wrote this in January, I was literally writing these are the three things that I think about when I'm going through cycles of great shame, right? Okay. Another program note. (laughs) Arguably, shame is the worst, right? Like, if we're putting together a top 10 list of emotions that suck, like, shame wins, right? Because shame is that one thing, man. Like, you look in the mirror and you're just like, I am such a bad person. I suck so bad. I suck so bad because I did these things in my past. I work with a lot of people that have sexual trauma in their past, and there's a lot of shame there. I work with a lot of people who had a, who 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 did a lot of sexual shenanigans in their past. A lot of shame there. I work with a lot of people who have addictions, um, for example, my addiction with alcohol, and if you know me, <laughs> cheers, right. Um, there was a lot of shame that surrounded me and my relationship with you. While I was drinking, and uh, I make every effort to apologize uh, that I can, as circumstances warrant, and as people, um, in my life, uh, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, and I'm like, oh my gosh, remember that one time? And I'm super, super sorry. But a lot of that still trickles around in my brain. Just because you've admitted, you may be sorry, or or you've worked on the past trauma, or you've identified a dream that you've let go because of fear, like shame is one of those things that sticks around. Just because you've got reconciliation, just because you have forgiveness, you've been forgiven or have asked for forgiveness, doesn't necessarily mean that the nastiness of shame leaves the building. In fact, it may be just sent to another floor, right? Or it's sitting on the elevator waiting to reintroduce itself to you on any particular day. So shame, man, it's got stickiness to it. That's all there is to it. It's an emotion that's got stickiness. Goo dripping from it. There you go. It's capable of paralyzing any and all Circumstances, occasions, and relationships. Right. So, right now, wherever the hell you are, you're driving, you're at work, whatever you're doing, I want you to think about that one recall and shame that you've got. It's that one big fat life mistake that you've made, whatever it is, whatever you did. Let's think about that for two seconds. I'm not looking to trigger you back into, you know, some cycles of addiction because you'd feel horrible about yourself. I'm just wanting you to understand that like me, like you, this shit can, like a pinball machine, come back at you every once in a while. So just think about that one big thing that you still hold on to. I got mine, you got yours. I think about it, um, you, you know, before I even say that, you know, psychologists actually say that shame can get you sick, right? So, I mean, emotions do that. Emotions, you know, kick back to the body, the body kicks back to emotions, and very often we find that once we start, really healthily understanding our emotional landscape. All of a sudden, physically, we start feeling better, weird, <laughs> right? So give yourself the ability. When people ask me, hey, what's uh, emotional health look like? I always, I, I always will go to this one response, and that's it's, are we doing a good job of managing our emotions? Because if you're enslaved to your, emo- your emotions, you got some work to do. Right, and we all know people that are enslaved to their emotions. It's all there is to it. It's people that's, it's people who have very broken and scattered relationships. Period. Period. You want to know about the health of somebody? Just start that deep diving into the relationships, or look at your own. Look at your own relationships. Do you got a bunch of pieces broken and busted that need to be, you know, you know, looked at? Do you got you know, bodies in your past. Because if you got bodies in your past, I guarantee you, you're a slave to your emotions and we need to learn to manage them, shame being one of them. We need to learn to manage this shit. Because if we don't manage it and they get the best of us, well, then here comes holy, you know, shitstorms. Constantly over and over and over again. Right? You know who you are. I treat shame as like a giant hard drive in our brain, right? It's constantly downloading mistakes, traumas, and missed opportunities. Telling us with every login, we are exactly the mistake made or the trauma issued or the failure of a dream passed by. So I've got these combinations and it's just, it's three little things and I'm, I'm going to give them to you now and then we'll get on and we don't need to bloviate uh, from, for a half hour. Shame's got basically three killers, and and I'm not talking about it killing you. I'm talking about there's three ways to kill shame, and these are distinct, but they all got to be used together. You got to use all three of these things together. These aren't separate entities. These are entities that all need to be in the same cocktail. So here's the cocktail to mix up to get rid of the bullshit of shame. Number one, shame loves silence, and shame lives on routine. So you can't be quiet with shame. If you are quiet with shame, it's eating you alive. And I guarantee you that that shame, the trickle, that constant drip, has a routine to it, based on your day, your week, your month, your year, what you're doing, and who you're doing it with, what you're taking in, what you're ta- what you're reading. What you're ingesting musically, what you're what you're feeding off of inter- as entertainment, what you're drinking, smoking, looking at online. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So shame loves silence, and it feeds on routine. Two big ones. That if we, if we just flip the paradigm on those, meaning if we start talking about it and really start being hyper vigilant about what it is we're physically doing, thinking, moving through the earth with, for, to, it, we can really start moving the ball on what fear is or isn't in our lives. Shame also feeds on our ego and the very story that we are not. Helping build an amazing false identity or false self. It keeps us moving forward so that no one knows how bad we really are. And it's all wacko crazy stuff. So let me just go through that again. Shame will feed on our ego. It'll kind of poke at the ego. And it will feed you, it'll feed the ego the story that we are not. Helping build an amazing false identity, keeping us from moving forward so that no one knows how bad we really are. So think about what I'm saying. Like, shame scratches the ego enough for the ego to really want to prove and convince that it's worthy of love. And at that point, all kinds of shit happens. Addictions, codependency, even some mental illnesses. When we start firing into a place where we're trying to prove and convince our worth because shame dominates our landscape, because shame is telling us we are a piece of shit. And then the ego takes over and was like, well, listen, just work 50 hours a week and become the best employee and you'll be fine. But the shame still lingers. Or you go, oh, I'm a piece of shit and I'm going to drink alcohol. Oh, alcohol will take it away for a season until you wind up. Drunk with a DUI and a cop rapping on your door. Proving and convincing. Proving and convincing. So remember what I said. The shame, it loves silence. It has a routine, right? And it will literally scratch the ego into this idea of wanting to just prove and convince a value of who you are because it's constantly feeding the, you the shit you're not. And that's what shame is, right? Shame is like, you're not good enough. You did that to get that. Again, when I work with people with sexual trauma, like, a, like somebody who's been raped, very often shame is a big like foundational piece of how they feel coming off of the rape. Like Some people actually feel responsible for the rape. Some women actually feel responsible for the rape. Well, if I didn't, they wouldn't have. Right? And we know that to be bullshit, but shame moves in, man, and locks and load and starts building these crazy little false self-identities that are really confusing because sometimes they make absolute sense or what seems to be absolute sense, which is why it's so important to talk about your shame and so damn important to understand its routine. All right, you tracking? Good. All right, where are we at? Okay, so shame dies with admission. The book of Proverbs tells us that confession brings mercy. Confession brings mercy. Mercy's good. You want mercy, okay? Mercy isn't the idea that you're less than. Mercy is the idea of you being loved. Listen to that one. Mercy is the idea of you being loved, okay? So stay with it. The act of opening your mouth to shame will yield compassion, forgiveness and love. Tell someone the specifics of your shame. Leave nothing out. Leave nothing out. Get it all out on the table. This one thing alone will produce freedom from its grip and a true value of who you are. So remember how we talked about, you know, shame, touching the ego, building a false sense. When you start literally telling people what's going on inside of your shame. And again, who am I talking about? I'm talking about intimate confidants, right? Spiritual directors, pastors, your imam, your rabbi, your best friend, your brother, your sister, your spouse, somebody who's intimately connected to your business, right? Yes, there are some people that it'd be easier to tell than others. I'm not talking about those people, though. I'm talking about people that are going to cheerlead away from the you can do it you can do it and cheerlead literally into you looking at yourself cuz you've heard me say this before i'm not looking for for accountability cheerleaders people are like you can do it i'm not looking for that i'm looking for a person that's going to cheerlead me looking into the mirror not cheerlead me you know just thinking great about myself cuz that's bullshit we need to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror okay i don't know i just went down a rabbit hole i apologize Oh, yeah. This one, this one thing alone, when we're talking about um, leave nothing out, telling somebody, this one thing alone will produce freedom from its grip and a true value of who you are. The, the mercy, the love you're about to receive is also this idea that you start to really understand true self, who you really are, what your voice is really, really saying. Copy? Okay, good. Uh, most of our feelings are anchored in our routines, and very often our routines are created through the building of fear and shame. So again, when I talk about fear loves a, a, a routine, it loves a routine because it's building something, and it's building this idea. It's actually building more energy um, to force feed what an idiot you are in shame. So I just want you to know that. That's why we're we're really really concentrating hyper vigilantly on what's going on in your life as you feel the shame. Become hyper vigilant. On that note, become hyper vigilant about what that hard drive in your brain is telling you, while you do what you do and who you do it with. That's why it's so important. If you listen to me, if you've got people, places, and things that are generating shame, you need to change those people, places, and things. Period. End of story. If people, places, or things are helping you generate shame-based shit in your life, you need to go. You need to go. And we, we don't have to look too far in here, right? You can look into your own religion or your own spirituality or your church or your, your, your your synagogue, your mosque, right? I mean, this, these are easy places because this is where we find, a, uh, we, we find a lot of shame-building going on in these places. Christians, right? You lift your hand, you say Jesus is my savior, and I'm going to heaven. Now, keep it zipped up. Don't smoke and don't cuss, right? And it's shame based. If if you do cuss, you're screwed. If you do have sex, oh my gosh, you're probably gonna dance with the devil and all of eternity, <laughs> right? It's all very shame based. So if you are in routine of having shame dumped on you, and you gotta go, you just gotta go. People, places, and things, man. It's got to go. It's got to go. Go. Free yourself from that shit. That's what will be very difficult. We can do a whole podcast based on that. Okay. In that hard drive of shame, that log of your thoughts will help bear awareness to the win of shame, the triggers of shame, and how you may defend against its crusty delusions. Remember what I said. When you become aware of when the shame is coming and going, you become proactive enough to defend against that bullshit. Armed with this consciousness of your shame, it becomes crazy important to continue the work of admission without which you're screwed to the wall. So, the, so, the, so there's it, right? Admission, admission, understand its routines. Admission, understand its, its, its routines. People, places, and in, in things, right? We're going to understand this thing. The third thing, and then we're done. The third thing, divine love. Divine love, prayer, meditation, spiritual practice, something that anchors you in the idea that you are loved. And when I say you are loved, how are you receiving love from God? How are you anchoring yourself in the ability to receive mercy from that power greater than yourself, from God, from Jesus, from center, from source, from whatever it is that you know you're matriculating peace in and through? So I'll ask you, how are you receiving God's love? Like, that's a thing. How are you getting it? How do you get it? You can, you can study, you can pray, you can, you know, communally join with people, worship and sing. I mean, there's all these ways that you can receive love. I am going to uh, make one suggestion, non-shameful. <laughs> My suggestion is stillness and silence. My suggestion is that you get with yourself long enough and turn the damn phone off. Turn the music off. Set aside the books. Set aside the groups. Set aside the children and the spouse. And do yourself a favor and sit in some stillness and some silence long enough to hear that small little quiet voice of true self coupled with Holy Spirit, Spirit, Center, Source, Love, Universe, speak just a little bit into how much they love you. Because God loves you. God is not looking for you to set up with saddlebags anchored with shame around your neck. God is looking to settle up with you grace and mercy and love because you are his creation you are her creation you are its creation and in that wants desperately to take care of you okay we're done um here it is again talk keep track of what's going on divine love those that's the combination to really rip this thing apart if if you're already engaged in these three things and you're still struggling with shame, I will suggest maybe a trauma therapist or specialist or some kind of somatic that can help you deal with maybe some of these things a little bit more deeper journey ish or deeper journey in. And it's okay to um, to go even deeper with somebody to really express what's going on. A professional that's uh, trained in trauma. Um, will will help do that because again trauma has so much shame that sits around it. So that's just a side note. Um, if you're uh, if you're if you're doing these things and you're still struggling, okay. I'm Jr jrman.com. J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I love you. I appreciate everybody being a part of this passion. If you need a spiritual director, I'm your guy. A coach, a mentor, pastor, dude. Um, I'm 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 your man. I love you. And uh, if you just want to talk about what's going on in the world right now, I'll do that, too, because we all need an opportunity to really talk about what's going on because uh, shit's real. I will talk to you next week.